I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Joined by Gareth Barker, as always, we have Simon Walsh on the phone from the Roker Report, and from the Southampton end, we have Ben Stanfield. This is the Wise Men Say podcast, the Solution podcast, of course. I'm Stephen Goldsmith. I'm joined by Gareth Barker, and I should have Simon Walsh from Roker Report on the phone as well. Are you there, Simon? You do indeed. Hello. That's good stuff. Okay, we are also going to get Ben Stanfield on the phone later to give us the perspective from the Southampton end. He has his own blog that is called, what was it again, Gareth? I forgot already. <laughs> After you Googled it, I know. everything, you're like, I'm not going to get this name of the blog wrong. South Coast Brazil. South Coast Brazil. South Coast Brazil. Brazil. I apologise to Ben in advance about that, but um, maybe we'll um, just get him to listen from his bit and he he won't listen to that. (laughs) I'm like, I haven't done my research properly. But he also writes for the Metro and he does a bit for Team Talk as well. So I've checked his site out. It's quite good, actually, if you want to go and um, check out. remember the name. Yeah, if you want to go and check out the Southampton Perspective (laughs) thing. I, I don't know if that's just a geeky thing that I like to do, actually. But we're going to start with seeing, I suppose we're all Swansea fans now, Gareth, um, <laughs> after after Monday night, because half-time, uh, after Tuesday night, sorry, half-time, Monday night against Stoke, it didn't look very good for us. Mm. It looked even worse half-time Tuesday when Wigan were winning, but are you a little bit more relaxed now? Um, I certainly am. Um, I thought the game was... The game was up really at mm-hmm. half time on, uh, on Monday. I'll be was... honest, I sat the first when I well, actually, when I had my half time pint, I was thinking about Yorval coming to the stadium right next year. I just had my head in my hands to be honest. <laughs> I was very angry at Craig Gardner um, for, for doing what he did just mm. for a number of reasons, but you know, good character there to get back into the game. That was it, wasn't it? Um, I mean, Simon pre- predominantly was a performance that was grafted out. I mean. You know, um, what you were not going to. De Canio did change the shape of the side, but first and foremost, would you say it was just down to the sheer determination of the players to to grind out some sort of result? Oh yeah, absolutely. There was, there was. I mean, yeah, he had to ch- he changed it around because he because he had to after Gardner made an ass of himself. He, you know, he he had to change it around. So the, the changes seemed more enforced than tactical, and. I think it was just. I think the players knew what it meant to get mm-hmm. something from the game, and they stepped up. And I, re- I really, really do think that second half, if we'd had eleven, we probably would have won. Yeah, absolutely. And Danny Rose nearly won it, of course. Anyway, but Gareth did. People say the Stoke are a soft touch away from home and, and all that stuff. But if, if you're playing against a side down to ten men, and you're a goal down, there's not many more teams in Stoke who, who you would fancy to protect that as well. Yeah, um, I think to an extent that's true. Uh, but 
it was said before, like you were saying there, still I've got a, a, a dreadful away record. Um, but second half, they, they really did um, pull it out of the bag. I, I don't don't really know how they managed it, but you know they managed to they managed to just dig in and and I think they, they thoroughly deserved the the point in the end. Absolutely, it, it also reminded me of the game. You know, when we played Wigan at home when Steve Bruce was manager. Uh, not that game, <laughs> not <Yeah>. his final <laughs> game. The one it where was, it reminded us of that game at half time. Yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, but it, you know the one I mean when we didn't have any centre forwards and, and I think John Ensign got two, didn't he? Yeah. Um, it certainly reminded me of that again. But Adam Johnson, you know, he really came to the forefront in the second half, Gareth, didn't he? Yeah. Um, the thing is, I think in the in the first half he didn't really have the opportunity to uh, to to play in the hall because of the sending off. But when he went when he went wide left. Uh, you know, oh, sorry, wide right. Even he was, uh, he was outstanding, wasn't he? he seemed mm-hmm. to take the, take the ball by the horns, and uh, you know, dictated the game from the right hand side. Absolutely, but Simon, he he wanted the ball and he wanted to run at people. This this intensity coming from a wide position is something that we expected to see from Adam Johnson, and it's something we need to see a lot more of. Certainly, is it? You you would like to imagine him coming inside, linking up with Cessignon, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean. That that second half from Johnson is probably the best he's played so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only a couple of games that were really comparable to that. But um, I mean, it, it was that was kind of like the Johnson we thought we'd had in the summer, and we were going to get this every week. And yeah, obviously it was great to see it because we needed it. I mean, of all the people I expected kind of drag us up it certainly wasn't going to be him yeah yeah <laughs> you expect somebody to stand up and be counted and he will be quite low down the list maybe maybe um de has finally made something click but that that right hand side in particular gareth you know even including jack colback was was very impressive wasn't it i mean i think when richard mason was in the other week he said you know he wasn't surprised colback had a good game a right back being a left footer because you know a lot of fullbacks you know, do that. Dennis mm-hmm. Irwin was the example I think he used, yeah. but it's not often you would have, you know, your fullback and your winger playing on the opposite side. Yet that that looked like our our strongest our strongest point in in the whole pitch, didn't it? It did. I mean, in the second half, obviously, uh, the, you, you had to go on that side because of the because of the um, the sending off of Gardner. But it was interesting to see him start on the left wing, basically. Um, been a few comments about it. Some people saying it was, you know, a dreadful idea. But you got to say, at least he was trying to to do something interesting. He, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a, a typical sort of well, you play this player there, you play that player there. He was trying to obviously exploit the qualities of Rose. Um, to, to so callback would drop in um, behind Rose when he got forward and. And hold that side, so to try and to try and capitalise on Rose's attacking threat, where you know that that was something that was an interesting idea, um, and we never really got the opportunity to see if it worked. But you know, callback as as a right-sided, left-footed fullback in the second half was very good with Johnson. Uh, they, they played off each other really nicely. That right-hand side, Simon, wasn't something we were expecting from a callback point of. Point of view, you know, when he came on against Newcastle and had to play right back, I don't think we we ex- ever expected, did we, that a few days, uh, a few games down the line, we would be all calling for him to play right back again. No, not at all. I mean, we know he's 
good in a, a number of like he gives he's not Jack Colbeck's never going to be brilliant. I've come to accept that now. But he he does he's he's got a really good quality of being able to play at like a a seven out of ten wherever he yeah. is. Yeah, Mister Consistency is consistently okay everywhere, which is which is perfect. And I didn't really have much hope for him at right back, to be honest. But. I'd be, I'd be sorely tempted to start him there on, mm-hmm. on Sunday. I think so. I think you know, the, the second half performance um, that Johnson and Colback gave us, I, I think everybody's leaning towards that at the moment. But that said, Gareth, it, it is clear that Decanio he likes to mix things up. You know, we spoke a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody you know in the country spoke a lot about Martin O'Neill not having a a, a, a plan B. Um, Decanio seems to have the plan C, the plan D. It, it's not the best time. Of the season to start experimenting, is it? But at the same, t- you know, at the same time, it's 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 quite, you know, refreshing in a way. Yeah, I think um, he hasn't really got much of a choice but to experiment, given the amount of players he's got available to him at the moment. I think I was listening to something and they were saying we're down to about 12, um, 12 first team players now uh, for the Tottenham game because with with Rose being out. Um, but yeah, and Gardner being suspended now, so obviously had a Gardner available for the Southampton game. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for the uh, Stoke game. But um, yeah, it was it was good to see. As said before about playing Colbert while left, some people would think, well, what on earth is he doing there? Um, but you could see the you could see the logic about whether it worked or not. Another matter, but mm-hmm. you know, he's he's trying to, he's trying to create situations in which the players he feels are most effective. In positive areas can be exploited, and uh, that's what he that's what he tried to do at the start of the game. But there were other issues. I think that we weren't as compact as we have been in in previous games. We were definitely more expansive. Like the gap between Johnson and uh, Graham was massive. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we've been far more compact. And I don't know why that was. I don't know if it was because he was playing Stoke and he'd seen what they'd done and reacted. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. like a plan D. We're playing Stoke. I'm going to change where we're playing. That's something we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were definitely more expansive. But that didn't quite work, and we didn't really change that until we'd gone down to ten men, mm-hmm. and it was too late by then, really. Mm-hmm. But I suppose it's just trial and error with him as well, isn't it? Um, the same as you know, you know, he, it's the first time he's managed at the top flight, and he has something in his mind, and he's been brave enough to go for it. Mm-hmm. And at least you know he did change things around. I mean, he had to, like you said, because they're setting off, but. You know, I think I'd rather that than just than just play it safe and not try anything at all. But um, Simon, do you think that the Stoke, uh, sorry, the Wigan result has had a a big bearing on us now? Do you, do you think the players are more likely to be relaxed? And I know you shouldn't you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't be thinking about other sides, but it's human nature, isn't it? Oh, I was going to say, I hope they're not relaxed. <laughs> I mean, I think there was an air of relaxation going into the Villa match, and look how that turned out. Mm. Um, watch, watching the Wigan game on on Tuesday night, bloody hell! I was as nervous as watching any recent Sunderland match. Yeah, and it was it was crazy. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, they can't be. They need to get points on the board first and foremost. And I wouldn't want them to say it's all right. Wigan have got Arsenal. We'll slip up or something like that. You can't be relying on other people to do things. Yeah. Well, on, on that on that note, Simon, uh, I thought you might both might like to listen to this um, I asked the caddy or something similar and very much like Simon he said just listen to his reaction it's, it's, it's very Roy Keane-esque in a way you know, managers always say they like to concentrate on their own team but 
did the result at Wigan has that had a bearing on the mood? Do you think of the players did you watch the game? Were you keeping an eye on it the whole time? No, I was already angry yesterday. Yeah, yeah, because I don't like what's going on in this environment. I'm not enjoying, and I will make sure that in the future uh, everybody have to change the mentality, not the players and the technical staff, the physios, the fitness coach, yeah, ref, referee when are they going to have a food, directors, everybody have to change the mentality. Because if we are going always to delegate to the others, to doing the job for us, we are going to remain average team in a fantastic potential potential club, potentiality the club got. I don't like because I can help the players. But when if they go to have a massage, they can talking about Wigan fantastic, Wigan fantastic. Ah, maybe we can stay up even with zero point because or uh, if they lose Arsenal. We are never gonna build something important in here, so I have to make sure that we change that mentality. And yesterday was an enjoy, because uh, too much people are talking about Wigan, Wigan, Wigan. We have to win our game. We must win our game. That has to be the message. Gareth, <laughs> taking off for you, isn't it? Well, Take, I feel I feel a bit told off after that because <laughs> yeah. I always want the Wigan to win. <laughs> well, they good. I mean. You know, it's really hard not to sort of hang on every, on his every word. But as I just mentioned with Roy Keane, we've heard this before, from me, mm. unfortunately. Well, yeah, uh, he's 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 right though. It's, he's talking about changing the mentality of of Sunderland and some we've talked about before, and about putting a structure in place from top to bottom, um, and that's something that might change in the summer um, with the rumours of the director of football. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all part of it, isn't it? He obviously he wants to come in and try and change everything, um, and the mentality is key in that. So fair yeah. play. Yeah. Simon, I think the we can pat ourselves a little bit on the back here about about the result on Monday night because for the second home game in a row, the atmosphere was great, wasn't it? It's almost going back to when the stadium first opened in a way. Well, I mean, we had Gardner sent off. The crowd came in and filled in as that eleventh man as much as possible really mm-hmm. yeah, um, couldn't argue with that it was, it was absolutely first class mm-hmm. Gareth it, it was, was like you mentioned the other week didn't you the, after the Everton game that, that mm. it was going back to that sort of Peter Reid era wasn't it and it's, it's a shame in a way that this will be our last game on Sunday because you're kind of yeah. looking forward to going again now aren't you I don't know um, yes I'd, I'd, I'm more excited about if we stay up which I think we will is the prospect of the summer ahead Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something to get excited about because, like I said before, about changing the, the structure. If we get a director of football, the kind of players he might be looking to bring in, um, something that could be something to get excited about. So we've got that to look forward to. So it's just I'll just be delighted when the season's over, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully we'll still be in the Premier League. But regarding the atmosphere, yeah, it's, I thought it was a bit nervous. I was, you know, I had my hands on my head for about. 45 mm-hmm. minutes so yes. I can't complain but it was it was tough over. in that first half it was tough in, because they do you know suddenly make it hard for you to to you know to get that positive energy across even if you're not jumping up and down making loads of noise it's that, that there's a positive energy in the air and there was a bit of negativity in the second half just because of this you know stupid decision by Garner they're going get himself sent off yeah. and being one nil down and basically thinking uh-oh we're in bother, we've got two games to go and we, we need to steal. But second half, especially when we got that goal, 
it really did lift the place. We're never going to stop talking about Craig Gardner, are we? He, he gets a mention yeah, every yeah. week here in some capacity. Craig Gardner, <laughs> Alfred and Dye. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I haven't actually got, a good Alfred, game, I haven't got Alfred and Dye on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Simon, is there anything you'd like to say about <laughs> Alfred and Dye just to keep this show consistent? <laughs> <laughs> I love Alfred and I. I think he's absolutely brilliant. So do I. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's what we've missed. I don't know what. He seems to just quietly have these good games. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even you wouldn't really notice him on against Stoke, but the way he just kind of like breaks up play with them ridiculous legs he's got. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a time on the time on the ball he's got. I think like, he nicks it off somebody, and he's just he just seems to all open up from him, and that's mm-hmm. a sign of a good player. Mm-hmm. I think it's oh, it's it's rarely like, does he dive in at all. Yeah, yeah, he, he wins the ball without ever not even getting his ass dirty. He does like a tackle, though, doesn't he? He's, mm-hmm. he's sort of occasionally like we well, touched upon it, Gareth, a, a few weeks ago, saying that you know it was almost a shame that we we signed him in the circumstances in which we did because. We desperately, desperately needed some midfielder enforcer, didn't we? And mm. then, of course, the Newcastle sciences all go on that. And then we, it, signed, it kind of coincided with our drop in form. He was made mm. a scapegoat by a lot of people, but you could always see he had it. He was just perhaps maybe the wrong, the right signing at the wrong time. Would you say? I don't know. Um, yeah, well, aside from well, he would have he would have slotted in. And, that's and, a, that and, could uh, go for a lot of. A, a lot of uh, players you look at over the years though we've had you know Kilban's a good example of a player who mm-hmm. signed at Christmas and then did, we did our typical will not win for 20 games after Christmas thing yeah. and uh, he looked worse than he probably was mm-hmm. but everyone always gets blamed don't they it's like oh you know Graham's going to get sick him. and yeah you know, Danny Graham needs a goal. He does <laughs> there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of pressure on him yeah. to, to deliver because, you know one, one striker you know at the, the football club fits really one mm-hmm. senior striker it's tough yes not great Simon before I let you go can I get a prediction from you Southampton I'm going to win it's not going to be particularly classic but I'm going to go for 2-0 and Graham to break his throat Right. Take that's, that. That's, Everyone says that every week. Yeah. We'll win 2 0 and Graham will <laughs> score. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Simon, for your time there. Cheers, Simon. Thanks very much. Cheers. Okay. Bye. Simon Walsh there from the Rocker Report, and that was their first contribution to this podcast, so a lot of pressure yeah, on Simon. contribution there. too. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've, they've got a, quite a few writers, so we'll try and get one of them in the studio. A lot of them don't live in Sunderland, though, so. That could be quite difficult, but splitters. <laughs> exactly. When the going, when the going gets tough economically, they get out, <laughs> and then they use us for a football team. Yeah. Right. Okay. So on that note, we're going to now speak to Ben Stanfield, and I apologise, Ben, for forgetting the name of your <laughs> your blog earlier on. Even oh. though I did know it, I just got caught a bit under state yeah. fight. I he be, Googled oh, it I, before I, we I, started. I you know what? I, to remember I and forgot it. I couldn't be bothered to then go back and edit that out. You know, this is just this, yeah. We're just treating this as a live podcast, to be honest. But I am actually yeah. waiting on the site, and, and it looks quite good. Um, cool. We'll crack straight on with with the situation at Southampton at the moment, Benny. Are you as relieved as us now? Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, you know it's been a, a, a sort of season that um, has sort of definitely had its ups and downs. And I think you know from our point of view, probably three or four games ago, we were thinking we were safe and mm-hmm. due to a, a sort of a, you know the results recently and, and seems like uh, you, you know Wigan obviously picking up a bit and uh, Aston Villa, we, we've suddenly found ourselves right back in the uh, the middle of, uh, of, of the sort of the thick of the relegation struggle. And I, you know, I think ultimately. Uh, 
if, if you'd offered me 17th place before the season started, I would have uh, snapped your hand off for it. So I think, you know, as long as we, we stay up as we, we look like we probably will do now, then I think we've achieved what we needed to this season, which is just maintaining our status, really. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's what do you think's the the new managers changed there in, in in particular Ben because there was a lot of uproar when Nigel Atkins lost his job and, and I don't just mean from the Southampton end I mean nationally as well I think it's something we were all surprised surprised at so he had to kind of hit the ground running straight away didn't he? He did I mean certainly I think from uh, you know the point of view of Nigel Atkins I think the timing and and the way it was handled wasn't great I mean regarding Pochettino. To, to be honest, he hasn't changed masses. I think you know we had a good team. They were playing a good style of football under Adkins, and uh, you, you know we are naturally an, an attacking side. And I think prob- probably what he's done is come in. You know he's a he's a he's a guy that's played on the international scene for Argentina. You know at the top top uh, level really. And I think really he's been able to come in and probably just from a tactical point of view actually is a little bit more astute. I think Adkins he, he, you know got quite a lot of criticism from Saints fans about some of the tactics he employed, um, substitutions he made, you know, players that he did start and didn't start. And I think probably Pochettino has, has come in and I think he's, he's had a pretty settled side and I think has been able to just sort of go about um, sort of estimating and, and, and looking at the clubs that were going to be playing and, and being able to sort of really go out with a, a sort of game plan on how to sort of stop them playing. And I, I think that's probably been the key thing that he's delivered, really. So, Ben, when I watch Southampton now and... I watched. The, I'd, I'd seen a few games under Atkins. Um, the, like you were saying, this, the style doesn't seem to have changed um, monumentally. But I do think that under Pochettino, that Salamon look a bit slicker, um, and and I think that he's he's probably the manager out of all the other teams in the league that's impressed us the most. Um, that like a kind of when I've seen Southampton, I've got I've sort of really been quite impressed. Um, yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Maybe not watching every week like you, like you do yourself. I, I, there's maybe no difference between Atkins and Pochettino and I've, uh, and I've read it wrong, but that's just as, as an outsider looking in, you know? Sure. I, I mean, I think he came, you know, he came across to England, I, I think, very few fans in, in Britain, I, I think Saints fans particularly, you know, knew very little about him. I mean, I mean he's obviously, obviously famous for uh, fouling Owen yeah. in the penalty <laughs> yeah. in Japan. That, that, yeah. you know, and that, I think, you know, that was really all we knew about him. And there, there's been a lot made in the press about his, his lack of English. And I think, you know, I, I mean, players admit, uh, have openly admitted that, you know, he does talk a good level of English. I think he's probably not competent enough to, to sort of do it yeah. day in, day out in the media. But, yeah. I, I, you, know, you know, I think that, uh, I think you're right. I mean, he, he, he probably came to England with 
not not really too much expectation about him, you know, straight away. And I think he probably, to, to be honest, because of the situation he found him in himself in, which was through no fault of his own, you, you know, he he pretty much had to get off to a running start, as you as you say. And I think ultimately, you, you know, he's done that. And I think going into next season now, I think there's probably a, a you know a lot of optimism, and I think lots of lots of the media and lots of people that sort of have a, a, an opinion on him seem to think he could could take Southampton to the next level and I guess from a fan's point of view that's obviously what we want mm-hmm. and it must be a bit of a dream scenario for you considering what you've been through the last few years as well yeah yeah I mean it, it, it is I mean I, I think you, you know most Saints fans uh, notoriously we've always been a, a team that has struggled and you, you know I mean like like Sunderland to a certain extent we've always been in, in, in the Premier League and I think suddenly we found ourselves at the bottom of League One with a, a a 10-point deduction for through administration and we really had to sort of build up um, you know, from scratch and uh, obviously before Adkins we had a manager which I, I, I won't mention his name on the uh, Sunderland uh, programme I was going to uh, say, you know, that, he, that was your lucky <laughs> yeah. break getting rid of him, yeah, wasn't it? I think so, we, we, we didn't offer him an eight-year contract anyway but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think you know, we had to pretty much start from scratch You know, we lost a lot of senior players and uh, we, we had one of your own, Elvin Davis was pretty much the, the only senior player left with us at that stage and Really had to sort of build up the team from scratch, and I think even even in the sort of wildest dreams of most Saints fans, I mean, notoriously we've been a team that struggled. I mean, to have back-to-back promotions and, and sort of be where we are now, I, I don't think you know we had a five-year plan to get back into the Premier League, and we achieved it in two, which was obviously a bit surreal. And uh, during that time, went to Wembley to see them win the uh, the Johnson Saint Trophy as well. So it's been a good couple of years, and I think. Uh, I'm sure as football fans we can still find something to moan about, but in reality we've we've, we've had a good couple of uh, couple of years really. Yeah, Gareth, um, Southampton play a bit of a high pressing game, yeah. from what I've seen anyway. Again, like yourself, I'm not going to you know claim to be an, an expert, but that's one thing that you know, caused some of the problems against Aston Villa, wasn't it? Is yeah. that is that is that a concern? Um, I think that that is the the concern is the collective. The collective threat to Southampton, it's like the the sum of the the parts is greater than the individual. I think it's what, from what I've seen, and I I I do worry about that. Um, the 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 fact that they will, I imagine, away from home they will play with with the freedom, and uh, that mm-hmm. could be something that we could struggle against. Yeah, um, it, holding the you know we need to hold the ball when when we've got it up front um, and relieve the pressure and try and build ourselves from there, but. That's going to be. I think that's going to be the really talking about test, the talking real about test. holding the ball up front. I would imagine that um, Adam Johnson's performance in the second half, when he went back to the right wing, would safeguard that position for him again on mm. Sunday. Do you think he's going to take him out of the hole and put him there, surely, isn't he? Possibly, but it depends what options he's got. Yeah, well, that's going to be the next question. What do you think? What, what, what we're thinking? Got, he could play. He could play Larson there. Um, on the right or behind oh, up, in the up hole? Front, yeah. really? like in the hole, I think he could right. play him there. Um, Interesting. But I don't think you. Wigan might be fit. Mm-hmm. You know, Wigan. We wouldn't it. talk about injuries today yeah. as well. He just he just bats nah. that question well away, Wigan, so we've got no idea. Wigan could be fit, so um, mm-hmm. from what I've read, um, so he might, you know, go with sort of a, an, an or semi-orthodox mm-hmm. two up top. But I don't know how is that. Salam, correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem to play. a like a four three three four five one with De Prado and Rodriguez, is that like either side of uh, Lambert? Yeah, I mean that that was the formation that uh, at Tottenham on uh, Saturday. I, I think probably very similar style to uh, you know we we play with Lambert up front. You guys have obviously got Danny Graham, and I think the midfield tried to 
support Lambert as quickly as they can. So I think potentially it's, it's a bit of a, a clash of cultures, really, isn't it? Mm. Mm. I think uh, Lambert will be. It's, it's the, you know we've got a nasty habit of giving away stupid free kicks in dangerous areas. Um, and that's somewhere where I definitely think that Southampton could exploit with, with yeah. uh, Lambert's quality from set Is pieces. there any areas you're, you're looking at, Ben, in, in particular, any weaknesses in the, in the Sunderland side you think you could exploit, or, or vice versa, weakness in the, in the Southampton side you're worried about? Yeah, I mean, I, I think from, you know, being honest from a Southampton point of view, I think, um, as I say, I've been watched, uh, you know, I've seen a bit of Sunderland, and I, I think you mentioned there Adam Johnson, and you know I was I was very impressed with him against uh, Stoke the other the other evening, and uh, I think even from left back Danny Rose is obviously mm. you know as the season's gone on, you know he seems to have got better and better for you guys, and I, you know we're not the the, the quickest at the back. I mean our our, our two centre backs, you know last weekend it was Fonte and Hoyvald, and and they defended pretty well against Spurs, and I would imagine they will start on uh, on Sunday, and you know they're not the quickest, and I think. Um, Pace, uh, uh, you know, at, at our back four, I think is a, is a real issue, and I, I can see whether it's McLean, Johnson, whoever, you, you know, being able to get balls into the box. I think that is a potential weakness for us. Um, I wouldn't bank on McLean doing that. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I think I you're all right. He's safe. He is due yeah. a good game. He hasn't had one all season, so yeah, sure. uh, exactly. He's rattling a hat trick or something that would do for us, Gareth. But you've just mentioned um, where you think our weakness could be, Gareth. Is a Somewhere you're looking at the Kobeo strength, but again, it's it's second guessing the Canio because yeah. nobody knows what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, well, your strength has to be Johnson, doesn't it? Well, um, certainly after Monday, that's you what, that's thought, a, yeah. that's, he's your man, isn't it? Um, and that's a you know a problem. So come, I'll, I'll ask you, um, Ben, about Southampton in the summer and and buying players actually, but you know it's something that we've got a new manager now as well, obviously, and. There's a bit of a change of mentality at the club, and you know we're looking at the game and analysing it and saying, oh well, who's our, who's our threat? And you're talking about individual players, um, and you know, it's sad to say that really haven't you know assessing you out. Um, you know, Rose is on loan. You know, Johnson is probably the only threat. And it's a yeah. bit of a bit of a worry, really, isn't it? When you think it about it, it is long term. Way. Yeah, absolutely. But um, you know, I, ju- I just thought it'd be interesting to hear from a Southampton perspective sort of a similar situation um, so that we're more sort of set up in a modern way aren't they with yeah. that kind of change the manager to but keep the same players and play it to a just where there's all more seamlessly uh, come yeah, in and yeah. there's, there's not a great that's, uh, what, level he's of trying, that's what he's trying to do isn't well, it well that's what we're trying to do here yeah, without now, a doubt but, but, but it's just going to be I was just wondering I was curious to you know will will there be money available in the in, in the summer and sort of what's, what kind of players will, will, will he be looking to to buy or sure, where we'd be looking sure. to spend money. Yeah, I mean, I've I got to be honest, but I think there will be. I mean, we're, we're you know, bear in mind where we were in 2009. We obviously got taken over by the Lieber family who, you know, billionaire sort of empire. And I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, we got promoted last year and spent 30 million in the summer, which was a lot of money for, uh, you know, for a club that had just been promoted. Mm. And I think, unfortunately, that's the, 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 the case within the, the Premier League these days is you know you need to spend money to survive. You look at Reading, they didn't do that and they've, they've paid the price for it. QBR and, uh, though. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. But uh, I think, um, you know, from a Southampton point of view, I mean, we, you know, since Christmas we've signed a lot, um, about four or five of our, what I would call stars, um, you know, Lambert, Punch and Schneidlin have all signed long-term contracts to stay at the club. I think that was uh, key. And, and to be honest, you know, when we, when we went from League One into the Championship, we made the... Uh, uh, you know, two or three signings, including Jack Cork on a free. Um, you know, we came into the, the Premier League this season. We've added uh, Ramirez and, and Rodriguez. We got Nathaniel Klein on a free from Palace. And uh, to be honest, 
the, the side as it stands at the moment is is, is a very young side. Um, you know, I think our average age this season has been sort of 23, 24. So from, from that point of view, we are able to look at the long-term future. But I, I mean, there's certainly, you know, areas I mentioned our centre-backs a minute ago. I mean, they're, they're, they're good, you know, players that will give 100%, but they're not the best. And we've been, you know, linked with um, David Astori, who's currently at Cagliari. He's a, an Italian international centre-back. And uh, I think we also need, a, you know, from a, a striker point of view, we really only have Ricky Lambert as our, as our, as our threat. And uh, you look at players like sort of a, a Ben Teke or someone like that, you know, I'm not saying we were getting by any stretch of the imagination. But, <laughs> but say a good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but the point is, we need someone else like him. You know, if Lambert gets injured, we're then stuck with sort of... Um, you, you what what about that. a return for Kenwyn Jones? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you never know. I mean, he he did a he did a good job for us. I I, I think the trouble with um, you know Kenwyn Jones is obviously you look at Lambert and he's he's um, he's got so much to his game. And I think you know you mentioned free kicks earlier, his hold up play. You know, he's not the quickest, but he's got everything else. And I, I think you look at sort of Kenwyn Jones and uh, you know he's a good target man. But I mean, even his goal scoring record is, is uh, you know I know he hasn't played week in week out at Stoke, but his uh, mm. goal scoring record seems to probably his confidence with that as well. So. Mm. I suppose what interests me, we're talking about long-term futures and stuff, Ben, is realistically, you know, being a Southampton fan, what's the expectation levels like there? Because we've seen it ourselves here, you get yourself in a position where, you know, you're rubbish, for whatever better word, and we were going down on, you know, record points, relegation totals, you, yourselves twice. have been, yeah, <laughs> twice, yeah. yourselves have been down a couple of leagues like we've just been talking about, but all it takes is to have one season where you're comfortably away from the relegation zone, and then that doesn't become good. That's not good enough anymore. So, it's a it's a it's a careful balancing act. But some of the fans have often been criticised for being, you know, wanting too much. What what would you say the 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 mood's going to be like at Southampton? What kind of season would you realistically hope for next season? I mean. I- I think from a realistic point of view, I mean, you listen to our chairman and he's talking about European qualification and that sort of thing. And I, you know, I mm-hmm. admire that that's where he wants to get to see. Realistically, I think if we got anywhere near the top six to eight next year, I think we would probably be overachieving. I mean, from, from my point of view, I think we use things like Swansea and West Brom yeah. as our inspiration. And, and, you know, I think mid, mid-table next season is a realistic mm-hmm. target. For, and I, I think, you know, Southampton fans like Sunderland are, are an intelligent bunch of fans. They're passionate and all, all they really want to see is their team progressing, and I think we've done that over the last couple of years. And I, I think um, that's that's for me that's a realistic target for next mm-hmm. season. I think this is the issue, Gareth of Sunderland, isn't it? Southampton, West Brom, Swansea do everything in a smooth way, don't they? Mm. We just kind of bump about, you know, um, you know, trial and error, you know, to the highest of the highest order. And uh, this player comes in, fails. This player comes in. I mean, we, this season, you know. If we do stay up, which you know it's looking more likely we will, but I don't want to tempt fate. Mm. It's, it, we will literally just kind of crawl ourselves over the line. Yeah, um, and that's uh, an indictment of you know a system of you know management or management or administration that we've employed for as long as I can remember being a Sunderland supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, we always go the same way, um, and we've done we've done something different, and we. We've we've seen I think the start of a new a new era at mm-hmm. Sunderland anyway. With uh, I'm not talking about a new manager. I'm talking about a new structure, yeah. a director of football. I mean, we Sunderland have never had a foreign manager before. Mm-hmm. Like not like obviously we've had Irish managers. Mm-hmm. We've never had a we've never had a foreign manager. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
directors of football stuff like that I think mm-hmm. it is people get a bit oh, not sure about that but yeah. and it hasn't it's failed in, in some capacities well, but it's it's Portsmouth it's, for example it's, yeah. probably the order light yeah. Ben but uh, <laughs> well, is it, well it's Zagalev, Zagalev or whatever he was called current or Zagam- I've, lost, I've lost track of them all to be honest yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but that, that was a, how not to do it mm-hmm. um, I think people are a bit more savvy now and I think mm-hmm. Swansea's yeah, a great, but also, a great like, I mean, example I, I, of that I've done something for the Rock Report on this actually um People are scared by it, but it doesn't always have to be defined in the same way. Mm. Each each one will be different. Mm. At, every, at every club, they will have different levels of autonomy, won't they? Mm. And at the moment, like 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 also like I said, we 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 hear about managers um, complain in the summer about you know how many hours they're sitting on the phone speaking to agents now. Mm. That's that should, it should be in modern football. It should be on the manager that now whether De Canio shouldn't be worrying about things like that. Mm. He should be spending all his time the training ground, which he does. So mm. well, that's he's a head coach, isn't he? What, what is a Pochettino head coach as well? So yeah, it's similar. I think um, you, you know, Courtois say likes to have a, a, a big say in, in um, the transfers that happen, and I think that was one of the, the the sort of issues between him and Atkins was that he was bringing in players that he wanted to. So I think it's probably a, a similar sort of scenario, really. Mm-hmm. Are you up for the game, Ben? I am, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to it. It's my first trip to the stadium, like that. All right. So, uh, yeah, so. Did you manage to find a hotel okay? Or you just <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah you have to. Don't you? you can't nip there and back in a day, really. Well, that's true. People tend to just divert in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was quite surprised. I mean, I, I was quite surprised, to be honest, that uh, the football club didn't you know, uh, encourage fans with sort of free, free coach travel and things like that. So it's, I think there's been a, a few sort of mumblings about uh, mumblings of discontent, but uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure there'll be a good, good away from Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. If, 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 the, if Wigan had, had won on Tuesday and there was a lot more riding on the game, it isn't an ideal game to travel to where you want your fans to get behind you, is it? Well, exactly, yeah. We, we you know, could have done with something a little bit more local, but uh, I think, uh, like Sunderland, you know, there was quite a few fans across the, the, the country that were cheering when Swansea goals went in, myself included. So. Yeah, that's it. I think, I think it's just made everybody breathe think, a little bit. I easy. think, uh, I think, you know, Southampton are safe really now. You know, we're going to need to beat Arsenal and uh, and Villa, don't they, to get Correct, to get yeah. above. So, you know, if you fancy relaxing on Sunday, you know, be my guest. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, take the foot off the gas and, you know, let us get a couple of early goals and then knock the ball around the box like that lad did at Barnsley and we'll both be safe next season and everybody will be happy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, before, before you go, Ben, then, can we, yeah. we get the prediction from you? Don't okay. don't think, feel like you've got to be diplomatic, be as honest as you <laughs> No, I mean, I, 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 think, um, I think it will still be a nervy affair. I, 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 you know, from a Southampton point of view, I honestly hope that we come out and sort of play in a little bit more uh, without that fear now I think now that uh, the, the result of Swansea has as you meant uh, sort of said about Wigan uh, the, the trouble is I think Saints I mean we've you know we've not scored in three games we've only let one goal in away in four games so we don't uh, we don't tend to make it very exciting but uh, I, I think it will be a nervy affair and I I, I think um, I'll probably go for a amicable 1-1 I think mm-hmm. Gareth same one one, I think one one as well. I've been saying all week. I think it's got a draw written yeah. all over it, but that should be enough just to nudge us. So we're gonna go and beat Arsenal. Let watch. Probably. You, you watch. Yeah, yeah. You watch. Something like this unexpected happens yeah, every yeah, season. Yeah. It normally involves Wigan everyone as well. will have our cigars out on Monday and then be quickly extinguishing them on a, on Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thanks for um, coming on, Ben. And if you um, 
you kicking about Sunday for for a few uh, pre-match pints? Give us you a don't want to go <laughs> with goalie for a pre-match a pint, do you? Uh, you don't know what'll happen here. You don't know where you'll end up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problems at all. Thanks, thanks for having us. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's an entertaining game Sunday. All right. Okay, Cheers. no problem. Thanks, Brian. Cheers. Bye-bye. Just to finish off, Gareth, um, is anything in particular you would like to see from De Canio regarding team selection tactics? Or we're just gonna, you're just gonna be, are you just happy to just turn up and see yeah. what is what develops in front of you? Yeah, I think that's that's how I'm looking at things now. Uh, after, especially after the other night, the interesting thing, because he didn't have an opportunity to to see his system work with Colback on the left, will he be tempted to start with it again because he only had half an hour? I don't know. I'm not sure. To be honest, I just think. The difference, the transformation in the second half was so great. You know, the impact was so different, mm-hmm. and that he has to be thinking. You know, I, I put that one to bed for now. But you, I mean, you don't know. Like you say, he, he might have had every confidence that it would have sorted mm-hmm. itself out. But I just think, you know, the difference was so vast. Yeah, it would be hard to ignore, it, wouldn't it? Well, it? Like yeah, but it's again, it's an issue with players that the players available to him can they can can they f- who's going to play? Is that second striker, and that's the issue. And who, who, you know, who's he got? Um, you know, you were talking about Garner as a middle field three, and him playing most advanced. Well, he's not there anymore, so yeah. he can't do yes, that. Yes, exactly. You know, he can't play John. If you want to keep Johnson wide right, mm-hmm. can that's... can John? Can we play as compact as we have been and play mm-hmm. Johnson in the hole? I think he'll have a similar impact um, as as he did in the second half because it wasn't. You know, he was getting down the line, getting crosses in. Yeah, but. You know he's running at people, and he can run at people from the middle. And it would be nice to see him getting into positions mm-hmm. in the centre of the in the centre of the field and around the box and, and getting opportunities. I don't to, think I to... never remember a, a game where I've, you know, <laughs> not had an idea how to call a team at all. But mm. I really, I, I really don't know what he's going to do. If Wiggum's fit, that's good in a way because yeah. Southampton's certainly not going to know what he's going to do. If Wiggum's fit, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Just, I think he, th- he would definitely play if he's fit. Just swap Wiggum for Gardner. And go with how it was. Mm-hmm. You might be tempted to drop McLean, you know. Mm-hmm. He's been hasn't been great, has he? When he's uh, recently. That's to put it mildly, yeah. Um, you know he's trying, but uh, it's just not it's not working, is it? Mm. Um, but again, players he hasn't got them. He hasn't got players to pick from. It, we're, we're in a situation. If we stay up this season, it'll be a fantastic achievement because I've had we've got no players. <laughs> Um, we've got you know no strikers. Oh, no. You know Fletcher's been out, Catamull's been yeah. out, Rose's out for long periods. Exactly. The suspensions, Sessignon in key times. You know back Absolutely. end of the season. Absolutely, we just and, want to forget about this season. Yeah, don't but we? To, to stay up would be a really like excellent achievement, and mm-hmm. you know that, I don't think that should be like for the Canio as well. And I don't think that should be understated. It's just Sunderland, though, isn't it? it doesn't, yeah. you, you can't help but worry. It's like we went into the vast and Villa game. Oh, we are safe now, confident. Yeah. Get done six one. All of a yeah, sudden, uh-oh. all yeah. of a sudden, you're sitting half a game later in the yeah. Stoke game, thinking we're well, down. Like I said earlier, think think that the Oval next season possibly yeah. at the stadium of light. But yeah, a nice trip cider. <laughs> positive, think positive. That, that is that's really scraping the barrel for looking for a Literally. positive there. But um, <laughs> yeah, oh God. Right on that note. On that note, we are going to do call the pitch it. thing. We're going to do. Oh, Gareth wants to do the pitch no, thing again. You've got you. You do it this time. No, no. You want to do it. You, you want to do. What's the, the name thing. of that Southampton blog again? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Brazil of the South Coast or something, wasn't South it? South Coast Brazil. South Coast thing. Brazil. It's, it's yeah. reworded. Yeah. It's the way the French would say it in their yeah. language. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we're not Newcastle fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Twitter address, uh, at Wiseman, say 1973, at Salu Sunderland, uh, at at Goldie's underscore logic, at Gareth Barker TDE. These are the people who do the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard of it through Twitter already. Okay. So thanks to everybody for listening. I've been Stephen Goldsworth. I've been joined by Gareth Barker. I've had Ben Stanfield on the phone. And I've also had Simon Walsh from Rock Report. And we're just hoping that next week we're sitting here and it's it's in the bag. Cigars out. Yeah. And we're going to relax a little bit more because... This is Sunderland after all, isn't it? Mm. See you all next week.